This is Chris Penrose uh, with the USC Basketball Podcast here on the Believe Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, coming at you from beautiful El Segundo, California. On this episode, we are going to recap USC's opening game against Robert Morris, in which they won 83-62. to uh, if those guys were trying to give me a heart attack uh, for the first game of the season, they almost succeeded. A little too close f- for comfort uh, until about 10 minutes ago in the game. We're going to do a full recap. I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, trends of the game, what we expected to happen versus what actually happened, how the freshman performed or the one freshman that played. And then we'll dive into the upcoming game against a very good Vanderbilt team and what to expect from them this upcoming Sunday. So before we really dive into the game, let's set the stage. 8 o'clock p.m. Tuesday night game. Not my favorite. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people aren't too excited about coming downtown for an 8 o'clock p.m. game on a Tuesday night. So the crowd was a little light. I think the final attendance was a little over 2,500 people. I do have to say, though, pretty excited about the student section turnout. The main three sections were pretty full, and they stayed for most of the game. I'd say probably when there were two minutes left and SE had full control and kind of dribbling out the ball for the last couple of minutes. The student section dwindled down to about half full. But I was pleasantly surprised with the turnout, especially for uh, a late game on a Tuesday night. But anyway, let's get into the starting lineup. There were a lot of questions about who Coach Enfield was going to start for this game because of all the injuries, uh, people being sick. So there were a couple surprises. I would say Victor Uyalumo was probably the biggest surprise as he started at center Instead of Nick Rakosevich, you had Jordan Usher at the power forward position. And then your two shooting guards were Shaq Aaron, Jonah Matthews. And then you had Derek Thornton as the point guard. The one thing that really concerned me with that lineup, and I think it was kind of evident throughout the game until the last 10 minutes, was size. Uh, Robert Morris was not a big team. And they out-rebounded the Trojans most of the game until you know the last eight minutes of the contest. I mean, you should never give up 11 offensive rebounds to a team whose biggest guy is six foot eight. The first half was pretty underwhelming. I mean, Essie jumped out to a 9-2 to lead, and then Robert Moore started to hit some shots. But most of their points were coming on second-chance opportunities. There were a lot of uh, balls that were getting tipped back out, not a whole lot of boxing out from Essie. I'm not the biggest fan of playing a lot of zone defense. Uh, Andy Enfield likes to mix up his defensive coverages, whether it's going to be a man, whether it's a straight 2-3 zone, or whether it's the matchup zone that they play every now and then. And when they were in that zone, which personally I don't think they should have played against a team that they were uh, much more athletic than, it's hard to rebound out of a zone. And when you only have one big guy in there at a time, and you just had Nick in, or you would have Victor in, they never played at the same time, it's it's difficult to get those rebounds. Um, and there were a lot of balls that were getting tipped out for wide-open threes. And Robert Morris took advantage of that, and they were hitting wide-open threes, and that's how they were able to stay in the game. And going into halftime, SC was only up two points. The turnovers definitely didn't help as well. The game started off pretty ugly. I mean, in the first four possessions, there were four turnovers by 
both teams. Uh, Derek Thornton looked a little sloppy with the ball early. There were 10 first-half turnovers for the Trojans. Technically, there was 11. Uh, Derek Thornton threw up what looked like a lob pass, and I think they gave it a shot attempt instead of a, a pass for a turnover, which was very nice for them. Uh, I wish I had those stats keepers when I played because I probably averaged a turnover a minute. But anyway, yeah, the turnovers and the the lack of defensive rebounding uh, were really the two things that were glaring uh, in the first half. Offensively, I actually thought the team looked pretty good. I thought the ball movement was pretty crisp. That was one thing that I was really going to look for, especially in the beginning of the season, is how the ball is going to move without Jordan McLaughlin running the point guard. I actually thought Derek did some really good things when he came out. Jonah Matthews was the backup point guard. I thought he did some really good things. Jonah took a better care of the ball. But I feel like when Jonah has the ball and he's running the point, He's not really looking to score as much. And he, I mean, Andy Enfield said after the game, Jonah's their best shooter. Uh, he's their best three-point long-range shooter. And he needs to be coming off of screens, catching and shooting, not really handling the ball as much. I think he will until Elijah Weaver gets back into the fold. But, you know, I, I, I definitely thought Jonah did some nice things at the point guard position. Now, unfortunately, the second half, or the beginning of the second half, was kind of more of the same. Um a little bit of sloppy uh, play, especially on the defensive end, not really boxing out, not rebounding. Robert Morris ended up getting some wide open shots. They got to about a five point lead a couple times. And then right around the under 12 minute media timeout, Coach Enfield sat his guys down and he got red in the face yelling at them. And it's never a great thing when the coaches are yelling at you to play harder. That's something that no coach should ever have to teach. And that was something that uh, Enfield, Capco, and Hart were really harping on in that under-12 media timeout. But I tell you what, I really think it worked. Nick Rakosevich was a completely different player when he came out of that media timeout. He was grabbing Every defensive rebound in sight. He was hitting the offensive glass. He made some good post moves down low. He was challenging shots on the defensive end. And I thought Shaquan Aaron offensively really got things going as well. He had a couple really nice drives for some dunks, hit some big threes. And defensively, I think he might be one of the most improved players defensively. I mean, you know, game one overreaction, I don't know yet, but... His goal, he said after the game, was to get between two to four steals a game. In this game, he got two steals. And some of those steals led to kind of momentum-shifting offensive dunks and and, and buckets. And I, and I was very impressed with him defensively. Now, although Nick didn't get the start, Victor only played eight minutes. Nick ended up playing 32 minutes. Listen to the stat line. Six to ten from the field. 18 points, 16 rebounds, 13 of them defensive rebounds, four block shots, only one turnover, and one of the biggest stats, six of seven from the free throw line. He's really improved his free throw shooting. And I, I understand we're talking about Robert Morris here. And like I said, their biggest guy being 6'8". But still, from a guy who's traditionally been a role player on this team, to come in here and have a game like that, I, I I was impressed with him. 
and I think the coaches really fired him up. And the last 10 minutes, I mean, he really dominated. And then, of course, I have to give some love to Shaq. Uh, 8 of 12 from the field, 20 points, 3 of 4 from the three-point line, 5 rebounds. I mean, he played a really solid game offensively, and he played a really good game defensively. I mean, if he can do that night in and night out, not only would, in my opinion, he be the most improved player from last year's squad, but he could be a guy that SC can rely on for those big shots night in and night out, and that would solve a big question mark that we had going into the season, which is which guy on this team is going to step up and be able to take that last-minute shot to either put the game in the overtime or to get the win. Now, the one guy we haven't really talked about so far in this podcast is our star freshman, Kevin Porter Jr. He did not start, which I won't say was a total surprise. He had some, uh, he had a hand injury a few months ago, kind of kept him in and out of practice a little bit. He sat out the two uh, super secret scrimmages. So he didn't start. He came in. If there's one thing I really noticed about him throughout this game is he is instant offense. I mean, in only 24 minutes of playing time, he went 6-7 from the field, 2-2 from the three-point line, poured in 15 points, had five rebounds, did turn the ball over a few times. I feel like in the beginning of the game, he was very lazy with the ball. It was almost like he was a little too cool for school out there. And from what I've seen in practice... It looked like he was going about 65, 75%. Um, what's kind of funny is, you know, you talk about the you know, these kids growing up in this AAU circuit, right? And I don't know if you've been following much of the NBA this year, but the NBA is out of control with scoring. Every game's like 125 to 113. Uh, every game's in the hundreds. And a couple of NBA players have said recently, you know, there's no, there's no emphasis on defense anymore. And I think that's really... That's really attributed to the AAU circuit and what these kids are being taught by these coaches. And Kevin Porter's a guy who is unbelievably talented. He's extremely athletic. And offensively, he's a powerhouse. You could see right away why some people are saying he could be a number uh, or, or a top 15 pick in, in this upcoming NBA draft. But if you watched him play defense... I mean, honestly, it looked it looked like he had never played defense before. There were a couple times he went for a steal, and he wouldn't get it, and he kind of looked up at the air, kind of got all mad at himself, and like three seconds go by, and, and the game's still going on. I mean, it's five guys on four because he's not getting back on defense, and the coaches are yelling at him to get back on defense. And finally, he gets back, and they kind of scramble around, and then you know they give up a wide-open three. Luckily, Robert Morris didn't make it. But it's stuff like that, and I know Coach Enfield's so big on defense, and I really think that's why he only got 24 minutes of playing time because Coach Enfield has always said, if you're going to play, you have to play defense. And that's something that I think Kevin Porter Jr. is going to have to learn, and he's going to have to learn it quick, or else he's not going to start for Coach Enfield. And what I thought was kind of interesting, if you watch towards the end of the game, there was obviously a big emphasis to not let Josh Williams for Robert Morris, who hit four threes, shoot the ball. Uh, as SC really started to increase their lead, they really tried to shut him out more and more. And the last few minutes, it looked like Coach Enfield kind of 
told Kevin Porter Jr. to shade him, which in basketball language basically means be his shadow, don't let him catch the ball. So you're almost not playing any help defense, and your only focus is to not let your man that you're guarding catch the ball. And I actually thought he did a really, really good job. So at the end of the day, I was pretty impressed with SC's defensive effort, especially the last 10 minutes of the game. I mean, you look at the final stats for Robert Morris, they ended up shooting 34%. They got up 70 shots, but only made 24. I mean, they also jacked up a lot of threes. They went 5 of 30 from the three-point line uh, for about 17%. Uh, I mean, if they can hold teams to those types of numbers, I think they're going to have a pretty good season. But for a team to get up 70 shots, you know that means that they're getting a lot of offensive rebounds, they're resetting the clock, and they're getting two offensive possessions, which is something that you know this team's going to have to really learn to limit. Um, you know, ben, getting Benny back is going to help us out a lot, especially with height. Uh, you know, Elijah Weaver is a long, athletic, tall point guard who's going to crash the glass and then look to push the ball. I think getting those two guys back is really going to help them out on the defensive glass. But if you look at these teams that are coming up, you know, obviously Vanderbilt, we're going to get into that. Uh, they play them on Sunday. But you, when you play against a Texas Tech or a TCU or an Oklahoma, they're going to have some big boys. And those boys are going to be beefy. They're going to be strong. They're going to be tough. And you're going to have to do more than just box out. It's going to be a free-for-all to try to get those rebounds. And that's something that these guys are going to have to deal with. And they're going to be challenged very early on in this season. So now the Trojans are 1-0 going into a big home game against Vanderbilt. 6 o'clock p.m. Sunday game. So I would hope that we get a decent crowd there. Student section should be full. Uh, Everyone should have... uh, nurse their hangovers, and be ready for the week so they should be ready to rock and roll because there's a really good team coming to the Galen Center. The two guys SC's really going to have to focus on are two big-time freshmen, Darius Garland and Simisola Shitu. These guys are four- and five-star recruits. Uh, Darius Garland put up 24 points the other night against a decent Winthrop team. Uh, she too put up uh, 18 points, 10 rebounds. The one thing about this Vanderbilt team, they're not very deep. They go about seven guys, uh, seven guys deep. They really use two guys off the bench. Um, very similar to USC right now. We, we went eight deep the other night. Uh, but you look at the minutes from their starters. Uh, one guy's paying, playing 32 minutes. Two guys are playing 30 minutes. One guy's playing 29 minutes. And then their point guard, freshman Darius Garland, played 36 minutes. The only other two guys off the bench, one gets 19 minutes, one gets 17 minutes. So that's starting five. Uh, they're going deep into the game. So that's something SC can hopefully take advantage of, especially if Benny Boatwright comes back. Uh, that'll give SC kind of like a nine-man deep rotation. So, uh, you know, if Coach Enfield is really looking to push the ball, this is the team to really try to do that against try to get those guys tired, make them play defense, really work that ball around, crisp passing, get the ball into Rokosevich at the post, kind of play off of him. I think that's going to be really helpful against this Vanderbilt team. I really think the more they work that shot clock 
and drive the ball when there's seven, six seconds left on that clock, that's really going to help them. Very interesting. This is going to be the first real test for this team. Um, you know, I think we'll probably see that starting lineup change a little bit. I think we'll probably see Rakosevic in there at the five. Uh, the rest will probably stay the same. Even if Benny is healthy enough to come back, I don't think Coach Enfield's going to start him. But it's really exciting. Uh, hope everyone could get down to the Galen Center Sunday night, support this team. Uh, they're going to need us to be loud and proud because uh, this is going to be a big test. Next week, we'll uh, kind of recap the Vanderbilt game, hopefully recap in a win, and then we'll look forward to Stetson coming into the Galen Center November 14th, 7 o'clock p.m. So that's it for me. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe. Uh, we are on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. You can find us at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. Uh, rate the show on iTunes. And then if you have any questions for me, any comments, feel free to reach out. Uh, my Twitter handle is CPenrose, number one, number zero. And then on Instagram, uh, CPenrose, number one, number zero. That's it for me. Signing off, uh, Chris Penrose, Believe Network, USC Basketball Podcast. Talk to you all next week.